As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Last month brought one of the most shocking results in the history of the Men's UEFA Champions League. Today... FC Sheriff Tiraspol will try to follow a win over Real Madrid with another result against Inter Milan. The Athletics' Nick Miller wrote a story about FC Sheriff, and he's here to tell us about the club's bizarre history, which is part fairy tale and part not. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer on Tuesday, October 19th. All right, well, Nick, thank you so much for joining the show. Um, you wrote a story that goes pretty deep into FC Sheriff Tiraspol. And I can't help but notice that the published date on the story, it came out the day before that they be, uh, beat Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. So first of all, I must congratulate you on your exquisite sense of timing. Uh, second, uh, what were you thinking uh, as you were watching that game uh, unfold and that result happen? Well, I mean... Um... Uh, my my partner would probably be able to give you a better um, idea of that because I, uh, she was quite baffled as to why I was going mad at this you know team from an obscure corner of uh, of Eastern Europe um, winning a game that looked like it was in an empty stadium because of all the where because of how the fans were laid out. But I mean, th- this was a kind of I I, I will. Uh, I mean, I'll happily accept any kind of uh, um, praise for prescience, but this was a sort of big enough. It was a big enough story that they, these, this team, are even in the Champions League. Um, never mind beating the teams that they've beaten so far. So it, that it was a big enough deal for us to write the piece uh, on the back of that. And you know, it's um, it's not because we thought that the, the, we, we had a. a, 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 a a, a, a sense that they were going to do great things in the Champions League. We wrote the uh, wrote the article. It's just because um, it's, it's such an unusual story. Yeah. So let's get into that unusual story. Uh, can you? We, we should probably just start with the basics. So tell me a little bit about what you know about Tiraspol and sort of how it felt, fits in within Moldova in general. Kind of sounds like uh, it doesn't. <laughs> well, it sort of does and it sort of doesn't. Uh, Tiraspol is the capital of Transnistria, which is a pseudo-autonomous non-official state which um, is basically a kind of fairly thin sliver of land on the west side of um, Moldova itself. Um, 
it it claims itself to be an independent state, but no country in the world recognizes it as an independent state. Um, but <clears throat> this this all kind of stemmed from the post-Soviet era in the early nineties. There was a kind of a, a, a fairly brief civil war between the um, Transnistrian nationalists and the rest of Moldova shortly after Moldova itself was um, declared an independent country. And I mean, since the, 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 after that brief war, there was a ceasefire and kind of since then they have broadly existed side by side, no, with no kind of, you know, just, just sort of a, a live and let live kind of situation. But Transnistria itself operates to all intents and purposes as an independent state for example there is um they have their own currency which you're officially not even allowed to take out of the country um, <laughs> wow that is that is illegal uh, i don't know quite what they do to you if you are caught trying to take it out of the country um they i mean they, they speak russian rather than uh moldovan there and basically if you say to someone from transistor that they're moldovan they'll be very cross with you Interesting. Okay, so we have sort of an unusual setting for this club. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the club itself, FC Sheriff? And I'm sorry, I know this is basic, but can we start with a name? Like, it, it, it it's named Sheriff, the club crest, if anybody hasn't seen it. It looks like a star badge you might see on literally a sheriff in an old Western movie. What is that all about? And where well, do they come from? Well, you have uh, you've hit upon the exact prevalence of the of their name. Um, FC Sheriff were uh, a kind of local, not particularly successful team called uh, FC Tiras Tiraspol. Um, they were basically taken over by the local conglomerate. The, 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 there is a company called Sheriff, which basically own, pretty much owns everything in uh, Transnistria. You will, if you're kind of wandering around, you will apparently most frequently see their badge on um, either supermarkets or petrol stations. Um, but they have various, uh, many, many fingers in many, many pies. Um, the guy behind that corporation is a guy called Victor Gujan, who um, sounds like quite a formidable character, to say the least, but <laughs> yeah. also quite. Also pretty secretive, you know. He, he has, to my knowledge, only ever given one interview, and that was in the early two thousands, I think. Um, and the the going back to the the provenance of the name, he named this corporation sheriff because he liked western films. There is apparently no more kind of um, uh, complicated reason than that, and it is kind of appropriate given the the source of uh, Victor Gojan's wealth, wealth, which. Um, I mean, in the uh, I don't know if any of the listeners will be familiar with the uh, the socio politics of post Soviet uh, states around that time, but it was a bit of a kind of it, it was the Wild West basically. There were it was all pretty lawless. Um, borders were incredibly porous, and that has only apparently changed relatively recently. Um, so uh, him and one of his business partners made a kind of tidy fortune by basically smuggling anything they could. Uh, over the nominal border between um, between the rest of Russia and um, and uh, Moldova or Transnistria, um, right. so so then it's it stands. I, I would guess that then they stand, they just turn around and pump a lot of that money into the club. Is that basically what's happening here? Is it as simple as that? 
Yep, pretty much. I mean, the, 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 there are the, there will be nuances to uh, to everything, and I, I can't claim to be a, an expert on the history of Moldovan football. But the basic reason that uh, FC Sheriff are so dominant, and they they are absolutely dominant. They've won the last uh, nineteen of the last twenty one Moldovan championships, um, is because that they've got money and no one else has. Um, to, to my knowledge, I don't think any any other club in the Moldovan uh, top division even owns their stadium. Um, Sheriff have uh, this incredible um, training complex, which, uh, as, as sort of silly as it sounds, the primary advantage seems to be that uh, in the winter they can train indoors, whereas uh, everyone else kind of has to make do and train you know, on frozen pitches, but they have this incredible complex that cost about $200 million. There are, I think, 16 pitches there, at least one hotel. They have, they, they basically have facilities that w- would, you wouldn't, that wouldn't feel out of place at a top division club in most European leagues, whereas the rest of the Moldovan um, top division uh, have virtually no facilities at all. I think you had a line in the story that, that, that made me laugh a lot, which is that uh, something I'm paraphrasing here and maybe I'm not getting it exactly right, but I believe it was something along the lines of that uh, Sheriff Tur- Turaspol is, is like a thoroughbred and thoroughbred racing horse and everybody else are like asthmatic pigs in the, in the Moldovan league, which it, it's so, a, it's a crude, <laughs> it's a crude metaphor, but I think it works. Yeah. Uh, so even with all of that, uh, how did they make the Champions League this year? Because I'm seeing it, it's not as if they were fixtures. You know, I haven't seen them a ton. Um, I I see before this they were pretty consistently knocked out in qualifiers. Uh, sort of what what has changed uh, this past year? Well, I mean that th- they have they've signed up a lot of new players. Um, they uh, not kind of particularly players that anyone would ever have heard of, but. Um, they seem to have hit upon a few decent players, which I think we'll, we'll talk about uh, shortly. Um, but it is—I mean, it is a little bit of a mystery. There doesn't seem to be anything, any one particular thing that um, has kind of gone right for them or changed in the last couple of years. In fact, a couple of years ago, the uh, was it last season or a couple, maybe a couple of seasons ago, they were knocked out of the Europa League qualifiers. I think it was by Dundalk, who uh, an, uh, an Irish team who are you know not very good or or not not very good now anyway they they were they were really good a few years ago and the the now Ireland manager Stephen Kenny but um the, 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 they have just hit upon this incredible run of form this year with the and the, you know then new the, these these new players that they brought in have um have seemingly gelled pretty well I, I would love to be able to tell you that, that there was some, some great sort of tactical innovation or a great you know inspirational moment that has uh, sparked this, but it just does seem to be a one of those kind of odd, slightly odd quirks that you get in often get in European football, but you often you don't usually get in the Champions League, which um, is one of the things that makes this story so remarkable, really. Yeah, certainly. Um... Would you describe their win over Real Madrid sort of the same way? Like, sort of hard to describe. Uh, how, you know, how did they how did they go to the Bernabeu and do that? That was like such an incredible result. Even just to see the scoreline, it kind of makes your eyes pop out of your head a little bit. Yeah, it, it was um, it, it was an extraordinary game, and but one of those also one of those games where I think if you played that game another hundred times, then Real would win ninety nine. It was the the. Um, uh, the sheriff goalkeeper, uh, is a 
Greek goalkeeper called uh, Georgios Athanastasis um, had a sensational game and uh, I haven't got the statistics in front of me but I think Sheriff basically had three shots and two of them went in um, so uh, I don't know I, I mean set against the fact that they won their first game as well against uh, Shakhtar and obviously beat a couple of very decent teams in the in the qualifiers they beat uh, Red Star Belgrade and uh, Dinamo Zagreb in the qualifiers you, you, you might uh, struggle to argue that it was just a complete freak result, but I mean, really, it was a bit of a freak result. Um, so it's you know, it's not something that um, anyone was obviously anyone was expecting, um, and I, I don't think it was any kind of great tactical master plan. They just their goalkeeper had a brilliant game. They got lucky with uh, a, a few things, and they did defend very well in the certainly in the second half. What players should we know from this team? Uh, and in particular, I want to know about Sebastian Thiel, who scored the winning goal against Real Madrid. Really quite an amazing goal. Uh, just this like rip from outside the box that was perfectly placed. I saw that. I was just like, who is this that just scored that goal? Uh, so I would like to know about, more about him, but also anybody else on this team that, that is contributing to their, to their run. Incredible. Uh, it was, it, yeah, it's an incredible goal. And... He he is sort of an encapsulation of of this team and you know what they uh, what they have done in the Champions League this season because he again it came from absolutely nowhere. He is only on loan at uh, Sheriff from a, a Luxembourgish team called Progress Niederkorn, and if you haven't heard of them, then there's probably good reason for that because they're not very good. <laughs> That even in in Luxembourg, I think they finished fifth in the Luxembourg League, uh, top league last season, and you know that is not a it's not one of the top leagues in Europe. Um, it's not like Sheriff kind of you know went to uh, Luxembourg and plucked the one great star from the um, uh, from the Luxembourg League. This was this is a kind of that uh, that they they recruit players through. The kind of contacts with agents and various other people in in Europe, and I, I would imagine that this is how uh, Sebastian Thiel uh, ended up there. Um, but yes, this I, I don't think this is a um, a kind of great victory for the FC Sheriff Scouting Department that have uncovered this gem. It just seems to be another example of this kind of strange chemistry that seems to have happened to them this season in terms of. Uh, their um, other players. I mean, as I, as I mentioned before, the goalkeeper Athanasadis um, had a sensational game um, in uh, against Real Madrid. They have a forward called uh, Adama Traore, not this, obviously not the one that uh, we know in the Premier League, the plays at Wolves, um, who is is pretty eye catching. Um, I spoke to uh, their left back, this guy called T- Keston Julian who um another kind of a very uh, sort of unusual story he's trinidadian and um he arrived at tiraspol via um a team in slovakia i think which is a you know as you as you will know not a not the most well trodden path in the world so they they're just this kind of odd team of uh, from various sort of disparate uh, parts of the um, of the footballing world. Well, one thing that um, perhaps should, maybe should have mentioned in the one of the reasons that 
um, they may have improved uh, or done well this season is um, a couple of years ago there was a rule change in Moldovan football where previ- whereby previously you had to the, the, the number of foreigners you had was severely limited I think it was you only allowed four or or so in the in your squad and at pretty much at FC Sheriff's behest that that rule has was um was removed it's now a complete free for all and most of their players are from various corners of the footballing world so they obviously have a while they're not recruiting huge stars they are uh, they have got a now got a much larger pool of talent to uh, to choose from and um and that'll that it may be one explanation as to um why they have kind of pulled these extraordinary performances out of the bag this season so it kind of seems to me if you were to characterize the FC Sheriff Tiraspol story to somebody that had no idea, you might say that it's, in some respects, it's very much a fairy fairy tale story because they have all these, you know, random players from random places that are putting in one in a million performances. But in some respects, it's very much not because it's not as if they're coming from from nowhere and, and no means. Would you would you say that's 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 accurate? That's a, yeah. That seems exactly fair. They. Uh, I mean, it, it, we're obviously talking a lot in um, in the Premier League at the moment about the source of wealth, and um, with the Newcastle takeover, um, the, the Saudi money involved in that, and whether the provenance of the money that uh, funds a team um, should have any impact on how we view the achievements of that team. Now, as I kind of mentioned, hinted at before. The source, the base source of their money. While these days it might be slightly more kind of above board, they it's all built on pretty kind of dicey stuff. Um, various the various stories that probably aren't worth repeating here. That, um, that for for legal reasons, if nothing else, yeah. um, about where. <laughs> About where the money, uh, the, the the Victor Gujan's money, where he made his fortune, basically, um, it is partly partly through smuggling, partly through various other means. So in that respect, it's not the a kind of great um, fairy tale story. But on the other hand, on a purely football level, um, if you just look at it through that and, and don't pay any attention to any of the other stuff, then. Yeah, it is this kind of extraordinary story whereby this minuscule team from a pseudo-independent state that doesn't officially exist has just beaten the richest and most famous club in the world. Do they stand a chance against Inter? Well, no, but then again, they didn't stand a chance against Real either. So, you know, who knows? I mean, it, it's, it is just, it's, as I said before, it's, it's frankly incredible that they even made it to the group stages of the Champions League. It's it was even more incredible that they beat Shakhtar. And Shakhtar are the kind of their sort of, in some respects, the uh, the model of what they are trying to do. That as I said, they have brought on all these players from various disparate corners of the the footballing world, um, which uh, and and the initial idea I think was to basically. Bring in these rough diamonds, polish them up. See, hopefully they'll play well on a bigger stage, and then sell them on to someone else. Which is exactly what Shakhtar Donetsk uh, did, or have done very successfully in the past sort of ten, twenty years. Most of their great successes have been Brazilian imports, um, and Sheriff tried to do that, but um, they haven't done it quite so successfully. 
Um, uh, so a very minor, it was basically a kind of very watered down version of Shakhtar playing the actual Shakhtar in the first game. And so to beat them was incredible. And yes, I mean, to bring come back to the original question, beating Real Madrid was a miracle. Beating Inter would be, I don't know, what's, what's one above a miracle? I'm not sure. I think uh, we'll have to figure that out when and if they actually defeat Inter Milan at the San Siro. Nick, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. FC Sheriff Tiraspol visits the San Siro to take on Inter Milan today. In the U.S., that kicks off at 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Thanks for listening to Soccer Every Day. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can get 50% off a year subscription by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. All one word. See you tomorrow.